The first truth we establish by the Bible is this. There is not just one Antichrist. There are many Antichrists, and they come into the churches in the form of the church members and the preachers. These Antichrists were already in the churches at the time of the Apostle John. John tells us this in the following scripture. 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. John says, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not all of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. As churches continue in the doctrines of Christ, in the Holy Bible, those Antichrist spirits that come into the churches in the forms of people will not remain in that church. The scriptures hold Antichrist back so he cannot prosper in the churches as he tries to promote doctrines opposite to those doctrines of Christ. But the Apostle Paul warns the elders at the church in Ephesus. Acts 20, verses 29 and 30. Paul says, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Those Antichrist spirits were sitting there in some of the elders of the church at Ephesus and they were just biding their time waiting until Paul was gone before they came forth speaking perverse things to the church at Ephesus. This you can read in Acts chapter 20, verses 29 and 30. Paul would have corrected them. He would not have allowed them to bring those perverse things and corrupt the doctrines of Christ as they are doing today in churches all over the world. Just as the devil is not one man, but is operating through many men, so is Antichrist operating through many men. And these are men in the churches. The Apostle Paul explains in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth 
and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Paul is telling us that Jesus cannot return to gather the elect of God until the apostasy comes into the churches. Paul calls this the falling away. In 1982, I was reading this scripture in 2 Thessalonians 2, and God began explaining this to me by his Spirit. God said, The falling away are not the people leaving the churches. The falling away of this scripture in 2 Thessalonians 2 are the churches leaving the scriptures. In 2017, God explained to me another thing about this Antichrist situation in the churches in the last days. God took me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 in the NASB Bible, where they talk about the restraint which was holding Antichrist back from the churches. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 of the New American Standard Bible. Verse 6, And you know what restrains him now, so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is removed. When I read that, I asked God, What restrains Antichrist? What is it that's holding Antichrist back from the churches? And immediately I knew the answer to this question. Jesus, the Word, the Scriptures, restrains Antichrist. But when they remove the Scriptures, they remove Jesus from the church and Antichrist moves in and sets up his own doctrine, which is opposite from the doctrine of Christ of the New Testament Bible. This is the end-time apostasy that had to happen before Jesus could return for the elect of God. The churches began to remove the instructions, specific portions of the Bible, from the church, and they set up another doctrine to replace the doctrine of Christ, which takes the church in an opposite way from the instruction of the Holy Bible in the New Testament. One example is in Matthew 5.32. Jesus says, But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, divorce his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. The man who divorces a faithful wife causes her to commit adultery if she remarries. And the man who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. I've never heard this taught at any church I have attended since 1975 when I was born again. I've never heard this doctrine of Matthew chapter 5 
verse 32 taught anywhere at any church. Have you? Is this what they're teaching? If you're attending a church, is this what they're teaching at the church you attend? Or are your pastors performing marriages where a divorced woman remarries, committing adultery, and the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery? Have you ever heard this taught at a church? Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, the words of Jesus. I haven't. Men often marry divorced women in the churches today. And the divorced women are often told in the churches that God forgives them and, of course, they can remarry. God wants them to be happy. And the pastors perform the wedding ceremonies and the congregations show their approval by attending the wedding ceremonies Everyone at the church participates in the sin of double adultery in such cases. And the church becomes the apostasy through casting aside of Scripture. Antichrist then rules in the church when Scripture has been eliminated this way. All who cast aside Scriptures will be destroyed in the apostate churches when Jesus returns to gather the elect of God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8-12 through 12. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all powers and lie, signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. They loved their churches more than they loved the Scripture. They loved the people who wanted various things against Scripture more than they loved the Scripture. They loved the world. They fell away from Scriptures, and they set up false doctrines in place of the Scripture to approve sin in the congregation and to try to get sinners to come to church without repentance. They will be destroyed when Jesus returns to gather the elect. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. And for this cause, because they don't love this truth, they love pleasure more than truth. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The apostate churches will be destroyed when Jesus returns to gather the elect of God. I was watching television one day, and that man they called the Pope in the Catholic Church appeared on television. And they asked him about homosexuals, and he said, I don't see anything wrong with being a homosexual. And I screamed aloud at the television, 
what about the Bible? Let's look at Romans chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. This shows what God thinks about homosexuals and lesbians. What God thinks. Romans chapter 1, start at verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Romans chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. And what about those homosexuals who said they were born homosexual, they were always homosexual? God answered this for me one day when I asked him that question. Mark chapter 10, from the beginning, Jesus says, God created them, male and female. And we've just read here that God turned them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And God gave them up unto vile affections. Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also, the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Romans chapter 1 verses 26 through 28 tells what God has to say about homosexuals and lesbians. Matthew 24 verse 31 Jesus says, And he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect, not the apostate churches, his elect, from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. And Jesus says you must be born again, otherwise you can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. John chapter 3. You can't see spiritual things unless you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you to guide you into all truth, to teach you all things, to remind you of everything in the Word of God and to show you things to come. John chapter 14, verse 26. John chapter 16, verse 13. And to every person who is born again, having God reveal himself to them, they are changed instantly, and the Holy Spirit comes to live in them. They are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1. 
When God began showing me the way the church groups removed the restraints against Antichrist, which allowed Antichrist to come into the church group, I began to understand how the apostasy in the churches was ordained by God before Jesus could return for the gathering of the elect of God. And all the grief that I had felt for all the years that I had tried to find a church to attend and saw pastors perverting scriptures and all the things that grieved me, I realized these pastors wouldn't repent because they had been turned over by God to a reprobate mind, and some are even condemned from the beginning of the foundation and ordained to do the things they're doing, that people would be destroyed who did not believe the scriptures and have a love of God for the word of God. For many church people do not love scriptures. They love their building, their church building. They love the stained glass. They love the preachers. They love all of the artworks in the building. But they don't have a love of God for the scriptures, for the specific scriptures. The apostasy is a test for individuals to see who loves Jesus the word. I also understood why preachers would not repent. Basically, Antichrist does not repent, nor feel sorrow for the way he has mishandled the Bible. The understanding of what I had been seeing in churches for several decades really did help me. For up to that point, I was baffled over the actions coming from the churches, which rebelled against portions of Scripture. This falling away of churches from Scripture had to happen before Jesus could return to gather the elect. We see that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. There is no way to reconcile with the apostate church. To try to get back together would only frustrate those of us who are the elect of God and might even destroy us. You may think you will bring them to God, They will bring you down, for they've already turned from God. They've turned from the Holy Scriptures. I think the benefit to the writing of this book is the potential help it can provide the individual elect of God as that person struggles with that which he is seeing in the churches today. We must come out and avoid the strife, for it will not be beneficial, but will be hurtful to us, the elect of God. We keep ourselves in peace by associating with others who are the elect of God. This book will open some eyes and bring peace to those individuals who have been wondering what is going on at the church group today. When we see it, the end-time apostasy, we will know that we must simply withdraw 
and leave them alone. The Apostle Peter provided our plan in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. Peter says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Everything that we can see with our natural eye will be destroyed when God destroys the present earth and the heavens. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. One day I was reading this verse 13, and I saw clearly, you'll never make this earth righteous. Paul said it would just get worse and worse. Second Timothy chapter 3. And he told us to keep ourselves by those things God has shown us by the Holy Scriptures. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, verse 13 of Second Peter chapter 3, we look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Verse 14, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of him when Jesus returns, that he will find us in peace, without spot and blameless. The only way we can be in peace every day is by turning to God when a problem surfaces and settling it with God. We connect to God by turning to God in prayer. Here is a, an example of the way it works. I'm 83 years old at the time I'm recording this. This year, all of a sudden, thoughts began to come. You're 83. What if this happens? What if that happens? What will you do if this happens? I cried out to God, Help me, God. Instantly, I heard, God will supply all your need. I said, oh, yes, that's what will happen. God will supply all my need. If this happens, God will supply all my need. If that happens, God will supply what I need. I believed it, and I rejoiced in that word. That was a word delivered by the Holy Spirit, showing me the truth of God. I, it was like a weight that I felt lifting off my shoulders. That's the way we're kept by God. The Holy Spirit brings truth to our mind and comforts us and settles us and helps us. And we endure by focusing on that truth which we have heard from God by His Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus says, But when the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, 
whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. John chapter 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but what he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And Jesus says, John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. Do you hear his voice? Do you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you? My sheep hear my voice. If you're his sheep, you do. And I know them, says Jesus, and they follow me. Following the voice of God given to us by the Holy Spirit who tells us the truth about the situations and keeps us by the word of God, which he carries to us, to our memory. Verse 28, Jesus says, And I give unto them eternal life, to the elect of God, to those born again, changed by God, instantly by his Spirit. And I give unto them eternal life, says Jesus, and they shall never perish. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in us to guide us. The Holy Spirit is there to keep us in the word of God. And they shall never perish, neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. No man, no spirit, nothing, no circumstance. Verse 29, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and none is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. One more scripture, Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The ones led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, the elect of God. Thank you for allowing me this time to speak to you today.